Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified attorney, founder of drbarrypierre.com, as well as Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health. What's the number one podcast for patient advocacy, affirmation, and education? This week, we have an amazing conversation with Dr. Erica Goodwin, uh, who is a double board-certified psychiatrist, best-selling author, top-rated speaker, integrated lifestyle coach. You know how I like to do uh, when I bring on guests. And more importantly, she is a fellow podcasting host. Uh, She is the host of Better with Dr. Erica. And she is going to be talking about the importance of taking control of your mental health to live a better life, right? You know here on this podcast, you know, we talk about medical things all the time. But I think in the facet that I always preach that if you're not medically uh, especially physically healthy, right? And if you're not spiritually healthy and you're not mentally healthy, uh, you're not doing yourself the service that you need to do. So Dr. Erica is going to get us right on that aspect. Like I said, I'm excited uh, for you guys to listen to this conversation. Like always, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Make sure you head over to the description to follow Dr. Erica, see what she's doing, pick up any books or anything that she got going on. Make sure you subscribe to her podcast as well. Go ahead and leave that podcast a five-star review as well to let them know that you heard her here on uh, this podcast so she knows where where you came from. So like always, make sure you send us out to not one friend, not five friends, but 10 friends and let them know that you're here to hear first here on the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Lunch and Learn Community Merchandise Store, living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. And for the thanks of being a devoted podcast listener, I'm going to give you opportunity to save 10% off today's purchase using the coupon code EMPOWER10. Go to shop.drbarepierre.com. Use the coupon code EMPOWER10, all one word. You will save 10% off your entire purchase. Remember, 50% of all proceeds are donated to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization giving out scholarships for high school students. All right, Lunch Learn community, you are in for a treat. Uh, I've, I've talked about this before. You know, one of my journeys, you know, becoming a blogger, a podcast, and whatnot, is you know I got some you know, some amazing coaching, right? You know, shout, first of all, shout out to Dr. Dre, and you know, it's allowed me to have such a powerful circle of friends and colleagues who, you know, have such a breadth of, you know, a depth of information uh, that I can almost never give, right? So I am just excited for you guys to check out this episode one, because not only am I talking to a federal medical mogul, but I'm also talking to a fellow podcaster, double board certified uh, psychiatrist, like all things uh, that kind of make this, you know, this guest amazing. And I can't wait for you guys to kind of hear, you know, what she has to bring and, you know, why it's so important, uh, you know, really to kind of follow people like her, just kind of just get in the mental. We talk about mental health a lot here on the podcast and the Lunch Learn community and understanding why it's so important here. Dr. Eric, first of all, thank you uh, for joining the Lunch Learn community today. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm just psyched, no pun intended, about the intro. I'm like, he's saying I'm great, but I'm like, Dr. Barry's so great. The fact that I get to share some time with him is freaking fantastic. So thanks for having me. 
Yes, I love it. So they, they, you know, I, I already, I already kind of spit your information, spit a little bit of bio about kind of, you know, how special you are and, you know, all the things that you're doing. But of course, like I got people who always skip past uh, the intro because they, that's just what they do. You know, you know, tell the Lunchroom community again a little bit about, you know, yourself, you know, how you got to where you're at now and really, and like I said, we're going to get into your business, some of the, the goals and aspirations that you got moving forward. Okay. So the quick, we'll start with the quick and then I'll fill in some gaps. The quick is my name is Dr. Erica. My full government name is Dr. Erica Goodwin. Like if you're good, you win. I'm a Harvard trained double board certified psychiatrist and integrative lifestyle coach. I am extremely passionate about helping people be better, do better and live better. I do that through my adult telepsychiatry practice, my speaking, my books. My latest book is Fix Your Fairy Tale, A Woman's Guide to a Great Life, Love and Legacy along with my podcast, Better with Dr. Erica. And my goal with all of that is to help put you back in your life. I just have a real passion for, for there are so many people out there like you and even like me that you get so busy with everything with life and you're taking care of everyone. You're showing up for work. You're showing up for your friends. You're showing up for your family, but you don't show up for yourself. So literally everything I do is is wrapped around that, you know, Dr. Barry had asked, let's see, I'll make sure I answer all questions, is that the short version is I'm based in Atlanta. I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. I am a Spelman grad, so I love anything HBCU. And I initially became a psychiatrist because I just had this epiphany that I was going to be a child psychiatrist after wanting to be a pediatrician since I was three. And I checked all the boxes. I did everything you said, you know, I did I worked hard. I was a good girl. And I got to the end and I started working and realized it wasn't exactly what I thought. I was working all the time. Um, If Dr. Barry wants to know, he can ask me later because I'm not going to hold you up forever right now is let's just say I was working lots of hours and I wasn't hardly getting paid. Mm. And I realized I had to do something. Very bad recipe. Very bad. Yes. Very, very bad. And that led me into a career of locums. So if, for all of you out there, if you don't know what locum tenens is, just think of it as temping for doctors. So that's what I did full-time for quite a few years. And then I decided after seeing so many systems, I wanted to create something that would be if I was giving mental health to my mom, my best friend, people I cared about, what would I want them to get? And that's how I ended up forming Goodwood Medical Associates. For the, the journey that you've been on, and, you know, obviously continue to be on what has been some of your, 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 your biggest takeaways as far as like, what are, what, what are people like, you know, the people you work with, like, what are some of our biggest issues? Like what is really getting in our way that you have to like, kind of help kind of steer that ship for what, what, if, what is some, especially with some of the trials relationships you've had to face for your clients? What have been some of those biggest issues? Um, some of the biggest issues, one is believing that things can get better. You would have no idea how many people I talk to that the whole narrative in their head is it's not going to get any better. This is my life. My life sucks. This is it. Mm. And, and that's a huge challenge and barrier because for a lot of people, it's hard to get somewhere if you can't see it at all. Like not at all. So I think that's that is a huge barrier. And I always look at I, my part of my job and anything I do is to hold on to hope until someone else can hold it for them. So I'm holding it on. I'm holding on to it until they can hold it themselves. So I look at myself as an agent of love and an agent of hope. 
The next challenge I think that is huge is this perpetual focus on having to do all of the things. And I see that in literally every space I work in is everyone has these expectations that they have to literally do everything. And everyone out there, I know it happens to you too, where you have this list of things to do. There's always something else to put on the list. So you're never going to be done anyway. And one of the things I see so often in my practice, in my speaking, and even people I talk to is that at some point you have to have a hard stop to get some rest and Uh to actually be able to do something you enjoy because there's always going to be something to do. There's always something to do. And I think the, the last one, because this is your show, not my show, Dr. Barry. Hey, this this is your time. I'm here. here. (laughs) (laughs) Is, is this either fear or um, either a fear or this resistance to asking for help or getting help. And it's in every facet of life from the fear or barrier of literally just asking someone if you for help by saying, hey, can I talk to you about what's going on with me? Or, hey, can if you're living with someone, I have a lot on my plate. Can you help with the dishes or the laundry? Or can we look at how we divvy up tasks in the house to actually needing professional help and needing to see someone for therapy or seeing a psychiatrist? People just have this huge barrier of actually asking for help and then sit on the struggle bus perpetually much longer than they ever had to because they were so busy trying to do it all themselves. And to me, that's one of the things that breaks my heart all the time is when people are struggling and they didn't have to, but they were either afraid, didn't know how, or didn't feel like they needed to ask anyone for help. You know, it's so interesting, especially you kind of mentioned having uh, an endless list of things to do. I remember I, you know, my wife's a mental health counselor. So, you know, one of the things that like she told me to do is like to kind of I like I've gotten to the point where I've had to have a defined like, all right, I'm going to put like three to five things on my to do list. And I'm only doing those three to five uh, daily. Like I, and that, that, they're like they're usually like micro things like call the landscaper or like just but small things that I can one check off my list to say yes I did it uh, but I'm not allowed to add any extra because you said it you said it best like you could just continue to just add 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 do more do more do more and then all of a sudden you look up and it's you know 12 o'clock in the morning and you haven't gotten any chance to sleep yet uh, which is so interesting, so hilarious. Like my friend just sent me, uh, he's a lawyer, and he just sent me this article yesterday that talked about kind of, uh, he, it, it kind of mentioned like a reverse procrastination where mm-hmm. we're so busy throughout the day, you know, doing everything that we then won't go to sleep on purpose. We're saying like, hey, yes, I know it's 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, but like this is my time, me time, so I'm just going to watch Netflix or I'm going to do mm-hmm. something leisurely, and then it costs us our sleep. And then we start the cycle all over again the next day. So I think it's so interesting that you kind of touched on, you know, you know, having the ability to stop putting stuff on that endless list because it's really never going to go away. It's true. And the other thing about the endless endless list is you never feel successful because you never finish. So Mm. you're literally perpetually setting yourself up for failure because if you have a list of 30 things and you do 20, 
your mind a lot of times automatically goes to, I didn't finish all 30, not I did 20. So one of the things I tell my clients, my patients, and even myself, because I'm a perpetual lister, I'm, I'm the worst. I actually had to hire a project manager because I would have one big long list, then I'd have a short list, but then I'd bounce back to the big list. I was a mess. Is that I think it's great that you do the short list. And I think we always have to have this short list of three to five things that are our highest priority. And that way, if we complete those, then we were successful. We did it. And anything else that happens is a bonus. And you kind of mentioned this, this onus or problem that we sometimes have where, you know, we, we take care of our family, we take care of our friends, we take care of our work uh, responsibilities, but, you know, at the end of the day, we don't take care of us. Why do you think so many people have a problem, you know, making us the priority, make it like, like, why do I have a problem making me the priority? Like, what is, what has been some of those issues you've had to like really kind of counsel your, your clients on? Well, there's been this huge gaslighting and it's even worse for African-Americans and women, but it's this whole gaslighting culture that we're not to live a life of service and to live a good life means Mm. that you have served everyone else Mm. and that to serve yourself is actually selfish. And I think that core belief is one of the things that fuels all of it because you're looking at your, your measure of value of everything you did to everyone else and anything you do for yourself people typically will start feeling selfish for, for, and then also there's a culture that a lot of people don't like to say no. Well, if you say yes to everyone else, there's not much time to say yes to yourself. And what has been some of like, what's the, what's the risk in doing that? Cause someone may be saying, well, like I like doing for others. Like what is, what is the risk of never really putting yourself as, you know, the priority? Is it okay if I be real with you and your oh, people? Yeah, wait, oh, that's what, that's, you know, that's what they love here. <laughs> All right. The short real answer is you might die. Mm. <laughs> that is the real, the real answer is when you put everything into everyone else and you don't do anything for yourself and you're not taking care of yourself, you're not taking care of yourself mentally, emotionally, or physically, then you are potentially taking years off of your own life. If you take those years off your own life, this time you can't serve other people because you did. I love it. And the reason why the reason why I love that answer is because I think a lot of times we we dance around, you know, the fact of like if you don't take care of yourself, you can really have a negative result. And and really, again, some people just we have to be very bluntly honest. Like like not yes, I think one percent correctly. Not taking yourself, you can kill yourself. I just, it just is what it is. And, and I like how you even flip the answer and saying like, well, you, you like taking care of others, but you can't do that if you're not around. No, you know, like you, you can't do that if you're not able to do so. So like, again, just like when, when you're in an airplane and they say, if the oxygen comes down, put yours on first. I, I, I like that same mindset when we talk about really mm-hmm. kind of putting yourself as the priority. Yes. And I see it. I see it in my work and I know you see it in yours, the person that They were taking care of everyone. They were doing all the things. They started to get sick or have some problems. They didn't pay attention to any of it. They didn't go to the doctor. And then all of a sudden they're in the hospital for something that could have been treated and they're totally jacked up or someone wasn't getting their health maintenance because they were busy doing everything else. And, and now they have a cancer or some major medical problem 
that would have been picked up in screening, but wasn't because they weren't taking care of themselves. It even happened to my dad. My stepmother um, had dementia before she passed. He focused on her so much. He ended up with this horrible, this horrible pneumonia with an empyema and had to get surgery because he wouldn't even go to the doctor because he was so busy doing everything else. So you've got it right. It's people die or you end up with these larger medical illnesses or this incapacity that didn't have to be there. I love I love that example so much because like as you said that like I I picture myself because I've been in those situations especially as a hospital with a doctor where the the primary caretaker um, you know whether it be you know the the mom with be dad or be grandma like and they get ill and then the whole family is in shambles like the whole like like mm-hmm. no one's no one knows you know the paperwork no one knows the phone numbers no one knows like who to call like it's mm-hmm. it's and it's, it's such an interesting you know you know you know you know take like and again you you always wonder like like look at all of the people this person was taking care of and and now that they're down no one can take care of them right right like that's like oh that just that, that's a that's that's a good one that's <laughs> I, I love that i love it what and obviously with the journey that you've kind of been on that, that you that you kind of come on, what has been such a big driving motivator for you? Like what 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 are some of the success stories that you said like like I know like I've been going in the right direction based off like what's happened before me? Um, one of the biggest ones, ironically, I guess that's a success story of myself. Is I I will admit it, I am per, I am prone to burnout. I'm very burnout prone and I was in my fellowship. So I'm also a child and adolescent psychiatrist. So I was up at Harvard at my fellowship and it got to a point where I was just toast. I was done. I was actually having some difficulty sleeping. So I actually went an entire year where I didn't have one full night's sleep. And I remember having a conversation with the chair of my department and he said, I know you will be doing well. The indicator of that will be when you take vacations. And mm-hmm. I got to a point in my career um, before I had my own business, because Dr. Per- Dr. Barry can also probably talk about uh, time off becomes a whole different thing when you're a business owner. But before I was a business owner, I actually would take three months, three one month blocks off a year, along with holidays and some extra time. Um, and getting getting to that point and seeing how restored and how I could approach everything fresh was a huge marker for me. Um, And even as a business owner, I have to kind of check myself before I wreck myself and purposely be very intentional of blocking time for restoration. Um, I'd say the next thing is just being able to see people at times where they're terribly vulnerable and doing very difficult. And then you see them get better. And Ironically, as as you, I do time in the hospital. Sometimes I'm working in the hospital, sometimes I'm not. But you see it even to me even more. And it's more striking in the hospital when when someone comes in and they can't make a sentence or, you know, they're thinking everybody's after them or they're looking all around because they're hearing stuff or they can't have move because they're catatonic or they're so depressed. All they want to do is I had someone that would actually um, try to choke themselves with pages of the Bible. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, stuff happens. Huh. And you get a chance to see them actually get better. They may not be perfect, but you see them get a lot better. And that feeling of feeling like you were a part of someone's life journey and for them to actually get better and have a better quality of life because you were there is, is something that never gets old. I, I, you know, the reason I love that and the reason I just love the feel of psychiatry, I think it's where I trained at, um, I trained here in South Florida, mm-hmm. but we had a psych facility attached to our hospital. So quite often we would take care of a lot of psychiatric patients um, who had just kind of medical related issues, but also had psych related issues as well too. So, and I, and I think some people, you know, you know, they, they watch TV, they, 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 they watch Frasier and what I'm probably dating myself. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. yeah they, and they don't realize, you know, like, no, like psychiatry is such as a, an important figure in the acute setting, right? Like I think they think all a person just kind of sits in your chair, lays back and uh, kind of goes from there. So I definitely love that you touched on that point. Cause I've, I've seen, I've seen patients, especially when, when they're having kind of acute psychiatric related issues and, and like seeing that point A to point Z is almost, it's literally to me, like a different person. I'm like, is this the same person I admitted like that day, like who was like throwing stuff and who we had to kind of mm-hmm. th- throwing restraints. And now they're like walking, talking and they can't wait to leave. So uh, I love that you touched on an aspect of transition. And being able to kind of see them through, because I think that's such an important thing, especially in that field of psychiatry. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't like realize. I, I think, and I, honestly, I think people just think y'all, y'all guys sit in a chair, sit back, and then people just come and talk to y'all. Um, if that was all I did. <laughs> For what's interesting, and that's again, obviously being a medical mogul, like I'm, I'm aware why, but like you could have easily, you could have easily said, you know what, I'm just going to kind of take care of my patients go about, you know, see them in the hospital, see them in the office, kind of go about my day. Um, but you've off, you obviously set out, like, I want to do more because I need to do more, right? Like author, podcast, so like all these things and coach, like all these things that you don't have to do because in the general public's eyes, just being a double board certified psychiatrist would have been enough checkoff to say that person's successful, we can keep it moving. So what, what's been that driving force to do that extra? stuff and then like let's and talk let's talk about the book let's talk about obviously okay. where i want to talk about the podcast because again i love i love you guys obviously i buy it sorry but i love uh, my <laughs> fellow podcast hosts uh, because being a podcast host is a whole different i think men- mental experience altogether it is and i'd have to say the there are a couple things that have always fueled me the the first thing that fueled me is there were three times in my life where i, I could have died Um, One was I wasn't that smart and didn't realize the reason people were in the deep end of the pool was because they could actually swim. So I just took my little my little girl self and hopped in and it was really bad. Because <laughs> girl, I, 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 I don't, I don't mean to laugh, but like it, I, I, just the mental. All, all of these stories are funny, <laughs> even though they're tragic. The yeah. next is I was a little girl again. And apparently hadn't closed the door good and did a forward roll out of the car while it was moving. Oh, wow. The third one was I was in a club with my mom walking across the room and a ceiling fan fell on my head. I can't make this stuff up. Okay. All right. And after those events, I realized God has 
some type of purpose for me because I'm still here. (laughs) I love it. I am still here. And so I think I've always felt like there was some there was some purpose within me that I was at some point was supposed to serve the masses more than one at a time. I, it took a while to figure out what it was. So this is kind of this undercurrent in the back of my mind, kind of running and going. And then I had that job I was talking about where I wasn't getting paid. So I was the director of consult liaison. I was the associate medical director. I taught med students. I taught pharmacy students. I did consults in the whole hospital, including rehab. And I wasn't getting paid because we were on this weird reimbursement model. And I we had a lot of managed Medicaid and someone else got the good payers. So I'd be getting checks for $0, $4, $12 for entire hospital stays. So I'd be working all the time. We had a three-person call group because somebody died. I was working all the time and making no money. So after that, after having all these times where I'd get up every morning, I'd literally sit in the shower. I had this gorgeous shower, beautiful green glass tile. I love glass tile. And I would cry (laughs) every single morning before I went to work because I just knew there was just nothing good for me there. And something just clicked. I was like, this just can't happen. So, you know, I got some attorneys. It cost a lot of money, but I left. And when I left, I was like, I'm going to just take a break and not think about what I'm going to do next. And that's how I ended up in, in locums, doing locums. But one of the things that really shifted for me is I was like, I never want to feel stuck like this ever again in life. And it mm-hmm. kind of changed to one of my core values then becoming freedom, because then I kind of found my purpose, which is I want to feel free. And I want to free the rest of the world too. I want the rest of the world to feel free. I don't want anyone else to feel like they are stuck in these unhealthy situations that are not helping them on any type of level and feeling like there's nothing they can do, which then led me into pursuing coaching, even though I'm a coaching program, we kind of decided to do some other things. So it's sitting on sad still a little bit. Um, But that's how I shifted into speaking um, the first couple of books I did and um, eventually podcasting, because as I started talking to people more, doing all of these Facebook lives and all these kinds of things and consuming other content, I actually fell in love with podcasts. I just really, yes, I I really fell in love with it. You know, one thing is I love that it feels like it has a different, it has a different lifespan of the content than when you do like a Facebook live or something like that. Um, Something about it feels intimate. And I think some of it, some of it is the nature of the conversation, but some of it is the fact that you are in someone's ears. And I feel like being in someone's ears is a different experience than someone just looking at you. You know, you know, so as you say, I remember when I transitioned because I started out literally almost like kind of the same way, like where I was doing kind of like the Facebook live streams, um, you know, they were called lunch and learns live streams. I used to do it at lunch. And I just remember someone saying like, man, I would, I would, you know, I'd love to listen to it more, but like, I don't be having time to, you know, watch, right? I don't have time mm-hmm. to sit and watch a video. Like, can you make this in an audio format? And what's interesting is that once you make your the, your vision, your 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 message, right, in this audio format, all of a sudden, like you mentioned, it you become a part of a person's life because now, 
as they're going to work, they got to play your podcast episode, right? As they're cooking, they're playing your podcast. Like all of a sudden, they just kind of incorporate it into kind of what they're doing. And I think that really is that message that you you noted, like really hit it on the head. Like once it kind of gets incorporated in the ear between the eyes, right? And all of a sudden, like I'm I'm listening to the message. I'm, I'm understanding the message that I'm following the message. All of a sudden, they take action on said message. And, and what I love is what, what you kind of mentioned, and, and obviously that's been your theme, is that you sounded like, you know, you know, after, you know, those, those, those many days of sh- kind of crying in the shower, you said, you know what, like I've, I've put everyone, right? Like I put whoever that business and whoever all the patients, like I put all of them before my personal needs mm-hmm. and, and I'm not going to do it anymore, right? Like, so it sounds like you said, like, once I'm, I need to take care of myself, you did it. Right. And of course, you know, you know, the the results have been absolutely amazing, phenomenal. So I I love that, you know, and we especially here on the Lunchland Community, we talk about this a lot. Right. We're not just like talking. Right. We're practicing what we're preaching. Right. So, Mm -hmm. as you can see, Dr. Erica said, you know, I need to take care of myself. Right. Because I know I can't take care of everybody else if I don't do that first. Yep. That that is so, so true. And I, I just feel blessed that Number one, I come from a little bit of a creative family. So so it's kind of like if you're not on exactly a path that seems totally understandable for the rest of the world, they're still cool with it. <laughs> uh, but but I do think it's it's important to be able to take those step backs and, and make those decisions for ourselves. And as you mentioned, it's it's an organic process that you never fully become a master because the environment changes, what's going on changes, and then you adjust. So as we were talking about, it's like, you know, you may realize, oh, I'm, I haven't, I haven't been either, you know, whatever you like to do, if it's going for a run or going for a walk or going to your favorite restaurant, or you notice you haven't played this game with your kiddos, or you like going to the spa and you haven't been, is that you start having those alarms and you start working. So your barometer is finely tuned. So, you know, when you're out of balance. Mm. So when you know, oh, I haven't been taking care of myself as well, or, oh, my physical, it's been over a year. It's been over a year since my last pap. I can't even remember my last mammogram. Then it's, it's things that when those things happen, then you can always course correct. And I always like to remind people that this is all an ebb and flow. There's always a course correct. And especially in this time of this pandemic that, what worked last week may not be the solution for next week because so many things continue to change. And you're also dealing with people changing with how they are managing. So even how you may have managed social connections in the pandemic may shift as everyone has different perceptions and different ways of handling as things open up. I love it. So before we let you go, obviously I want to, I want, I want to kind of give you kind of the spotlight and some time to really, again, highlight, you know, where your projects are, where can people buy books? Where can people listen up? Like, like let's, let's, this, this is your time. Um, you know, drop your social, obviously a member of the community, anything, any mention, any link she mentions, obviously will be in uh, the description as well too. So I just want, want to make sure so you don't have to like scribble it down. But again, uh, again, when, when, when I bring on these kind of powerful, amazing people, right. I'm not like just like gloating, right. Like they, I actually are like, again, I'm, I am a fan I am a listener just as much as you are a listener as well too. Like I said, again, you know, she's, yeah, she, like I said, she, she kind of mentioned the listener. I'm like, okay, all right. I'm just, like, I'm taking notes. Like, all right, I'm all right. I'm doing that. All right. I probably could do better on this. 
Yeah, cause like I'm just saying, taking notes because I want to take action as well. And that's always our goal here uh, on the Lynch Learning Community. Well, thank you, Dr. Barry, superstar. Um, hey. <laughs> I'm going to mention a, a few things. So the first thing is, is the book I mentioned, it's really a labor of love because this book, I actually, I'm going to tell myself, I outlined it back in 2004, but I didn't write mm. the complete book until 2019. Mm. What? what, what? <laughs> can, can, can you can, can you tell us can you tell us why like what was it a was it a writer's block was it a, a continuation of story that needed to finish first what so so the name of the book when it finally came out is fix your fairy tale a woman's guide to a great life love and legacy and the thought that came out of it is that there is this fairy tale that women are taught that if you're a good girl and you go to school, then magically the husband and the kids are going to come. And the reality for a lot of my peers was you went to school, you got all this education, you did everything you were supposed to do, checked all the boxes. And when you get to the end, there's no husband, no kids at the end of the rainbow. And what I started seeing was in my practice and also my personal life, that people were not necessarily making making healthy decisions because so much of their identity was jacked and they felt unseen and unrespected at times or disrespected, or there were times where no one cared about anything they did. It's just like, when are you getting married? Why don't you have any kids? So I noticed there was so much unhappiness and dysphoria from that, that I created this book. But when I outlined the book, I noticed what all my friends were doing. But what ended up happening is I needed more life. I needed to live more life to really have enough life experiences of my own, but also a wider, a wider view to integrate mental health principles and real life principles. So it literally is a blueprint that it's a self-help book. And there are tips on each page uh, of things you can do to move from that mindset of scarcity, being focused on all those things you don't have as far as a husband or kids. And I realized actually a lot of married women like the book too, because they felt like at times during the course of being married and having kids, they kind of lost themselves or, or lost what they like to do and kind of having that scarcity of identity and moving into a space of abundance where you're able to live in the present, enjoy your blessings and see all of the wonderful, beautiful things you are. And then also be in a healthy space that when those healthy relationships present themselves, you're at a place to take advantage of them. So that's why it took so long to actually write that book. <laughs> oh, great, great reason, though. Uh, that's oh, that's amazing. And and you can find that one at fixyourfairytalebook.com. Um, the next thing is I, I do have... Um, a deck of cards. They're actually pretty neat. They're called simple cures to loneliness. And each card actually on the front has a question. The back has an answer and a quote, but in the answer, there's an activity that you can do. So there are actually actionable steps to help people feel more connected, which was especially a huge problem during the pandemic. And you can just find that on my shop on my website. What's, what's so interesting is that you would think during a pandemic when you're not you know, allowed to really go and frolic and be around that you'd have to be more close in it or just kind of more that you would think we would be together more. But it was, as you kind of mentioned, it was really the opposite for a lot of people. Well, I think for a lot of people, especially if you didn't have people in your household, that there was this struggle because of the way we typically would connect previously didn't work. So hanging out together, going to happy hour, going to brunch, all these things weren't going to work at that time. And I'm, 
I will still say, I will go on record and say, I'm, I'm probably a little bit on the conservative side with some of the, we're just doing all the things because we're all vaccinated. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm a little conservative on some of that. Like my best friend, we're both vaccinated. She lives only five miles away. We don't even see each other that often, but um, you know, I think one of the things is, is people were craving ways to connect. And the thing I love about this particular product is there are things in there that are meaningful pandemic or no pandemic, because at the end of the day, as human beings, one of the things that helps us is being able to connect. And one of the ways we find support is being able to connect to others. And that's also one of the ways we make it through challenges. Um, so I got that. And then uh, the last thing is my podcast. So the podcast is called Better with Dr. Erica. And the thought behind it is these are inspiring conversations with people that you will leave with some practical some actual practical tips and actionable tips that you can do to be better, do better and live better. And the thought behind it is we're going to give you skills and give you conversation and some entertainment because there are laughs that are going to help put you back in your life so that you can feel comfortable being at the center of your life instead of feeling like you're an extra or a supporting character in, in your own life. Um, so so that, that that's what I do. That's what I do. So I'm 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 really excited. The latest episode dropped. I actually now have a theme song. Hey, all right. So I have and a song. I love it. Let, so I, make sure make sure you go and subscribe. And it's available all um, podcast. It, it, it's everywhere. So Apple, Spotify, Audible, all those kinds of things. So you can go to your usual podcast platform. Um, you can also go to betterthepodcast.com. That's betterthepodcast.com. And you can just find everything there too. Ah, and, amazing. And I forgot social media. Yes. Talk, um, talk to I'm her. everywhere at Dr. Erica, but it's D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A. My parents liked all the letters. Yes. So is, is there any one particular platform you prefer over the others or like you're, you're putting um, it on? Naturally, my favorite is Apple because you can rate and review on Apple. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I tell you, it's so funny. I tell you all the time, like if you're on Apple, drop me those five stars. Like we appreciate those five stars. Yeah, so, yes. so make so sure the, you go download, make sure you subscribe and leave that comment, leave that review. I got a lot of people interested. I got a lot of people who leave, they'll shoot me the five stars, but they don't leave the comment. I don't know why y'all do that, but like <laughs> Well, it's interesting though, because then you'll you'll look at other podcasts and there's one, there's one called The Read. And they have 20 something thousand ratings. Yes. On, I think it's like 21,000 something. It's something outrageous. I was like, oh, I wouldn't be like them when I grow yes. up. Yes. That's our, that's our goal. That's, that's, that's what we're driving for. Again, and that's, that's something we shoot for. And I wish you all success. You know, again, as a, as a fellow, fellow mogul, um, I, I owe, I'm always watching my fellow moguls just from like, I, I always have a color from afar, but like, I just wish, all success uh, in the world for you. And I know not only because of, you know, who you are, but more importantly, what you're doing and, you know, the, your ability to help serve this community, which is, I think is going to be, you know, monumental, especially as we move, move, I don't want to say post pandemic because we're still in a pandemic. Um, but that guys, we move closer uh, to what our norm is. I, I, I think, you know, getting a hold of who you are personally uh, is a much more important question than we've ever known it. It is. And, you know, I think people, people are looking for the normal. 
Um, but for a lot of people, life will never be exactly the same after never. this. And a lot of yeah. people, you aren't the same. People have been stretched to every different version of their capacity. So people have grown or, or changed or shifted. Thank you for coming to the end of the episode. It is yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre. I want to give my undying thanks to you for your support. Just getting to the end of the episode means that you at least enjoyed today's episode. Hope you were empowered by today's episode. Please remember to share this episode with at least two people that you know that would be greatly affected if they did not listen to today's episode. And if you have not already done so, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review. Leave a review there because your support is so, 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 so valuable for what we're doing here on the Lynch Learn and everything with Pierre Michael Consulting. And if you have not done so, go ahead and join the listserv. To join the listserv, it's very easy. Just grab your phone right now. I'll pause. Join the listserv. You want to text Lunch Learn Pod. This is all going to be one word Lunch Learn Pod to 44222. And you'll be on the listserv. You'll know exactly when new episodes are coming out. You'll know about new episodes before they actually come out because I usually tell my listserv members, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is the guests that you should expect to hear for the week on. Thank you, guys. You have a blessed day, and I'm going to see you guys next week.